All set ashes? Yeah. Okay. <coughs> and ghouls to another bone tingling spine chilling blood spilling god I hacked that up (laughs) (laughs) welcome to throwdown Thursday ladies and gentlemen I am your hostess with not a lot I am the mistress of Merlot, who is off of Merlot right now. I've traded my Merlot in for Dime Tap. Um, and the real housewife of Transylvania. I am Ashes Von Nightmare. I am joined by the Ironborn Lady of Comic Cons, the gal with all the giggles, Agent Nicole. Oh my god, I just forgot <laughs> your name. This episode is going great. You are so low on Merlot. Your blood is, is like running so, dry. My blood type is blood. Like, this is so weird. For a second, when you started the intro, I was like, oh, is she going to count Dracula on us? And then I was, I like, was like, oh, I'm going to have some fun with this. And, and, and then it just, my brain was just like short circuiting. Just, just nothing there i'm like flatlining up there right now so we need to like inject you like right now with merlot <laughs> just like stab you like an epi pen just mm. oh, I, I was i was hoping that the cough medicine would just give me a little boost but uh apparently it has the opposite effect uh we are also joined by the guy who lives at my house he's angry and nerdy patsy the angry nerd hi everybody <laughs> oh my god here and i'm still not feeling well. I am so, so. You better not be sick for rock and shock. Handsome. <laughs> <laughs> so we're quite the pair right now. Like our house is just so hopping. You know, all of the the, the tissue piles racking up and uh, cough medicine being ingested. It's uh, it's the place to be. I'm scared now. I'm like <laughs> when I get home. Actually, when I get in my car, I'm like gonna hand sanitize like half my body. I've I keep I I wash my hands so many times. I'm surprised I still have like skin left on mm. them. I just I keep washing my hands and washing my hands because I just don't want to get anybody else sick. Do you know that when you brush your teeth, that's the only time you wash your skeleton? This is true. Uh, kind of, kind of. Um, we were also joined by. Our fearless producer, the guy who puts up with us, and we are so thankful for it, Johnny Wolfenstein. I'm counting money over here. This is nice. (laughs) (laughs) Got all these ducats. (laughs) Make it rain. If you guys didn't think that you could make money doing podcasts, (laughs) let me let me tell you something. No, I'm just kidding. You really can't make money. You have enough (laughs) to get several coffees. You have, like, enough for, like, a pumpkin spice latte. Yeah, all around. Everyone gets pumpkin spice lattes. You get pumpkin spice and you get pumpkin spice. Just go to Dunkin' Donuts and uh, let them know that uh, it's on Wolfie's tab. All right. (laughs) Got it. So today, ladies and gentlemen, boys and germs, we are talking about the Sanderson sisters from 1993's Hocus Pocus. The Susan Sarandersons. Yeah, the, yeah, the Susan Sarandersons sisters. Fucking yes, iPhone. Uh, so today, for our getting into character question, we are asking if you could cast any spell, any spell at all, what type of spell would you cast? 
Who would you put, you know, cast the spell on, and why would you do it? Let's start with you, Agent Nicole. Oh, we put food in my mouth. Let's start with you, Patrick. <laughs> no, I thought you did that intentionally, so she would. I tell you, I have the timing of a wait, like waitstaff person. Like, it's okay. So I would say <laughs> I would hearken uh, back to the uh, Harry Potter days, and I would I would need to recruit the entire Ministry of Magic for this one because I would need to put an obliviate uh, spell on a certain orange dipshit <laughs> and the rest of the country forgetting what happened in the election and him forgetting that he actually ever wanted to run for office at any point ever and you know hopefully get us out of this goddamn shitstorm of a debacle of a mess that we're in right now that's a that's a really good one that's uh yeah yeah what about you agent nicole um hmm. so uh I would cast someone or I would put a spell on someone who is either working in the medical field or doing research on cancer and finding a cure on cancer and that that cure can spread out to other people who can live a longer life, a healthier life. Wow, you guys are like really kind of like nice with yours. Like mine is so freaking selfish. It's ridiculous. Well, mine that's... is selfish technically. Well, no, yeah, but yours would be like for the greater good. Just like Agent Nicole's is the pretty much for the greater good. For the greater good. good. Mine, well, I mean like technically mine would be for the greater good because it would create a happy Ashley and that that benefits everybody else. Yeah, that um, yeah, I, I, yeah. Yeah, so if I could if I could cast a spell, it would it would be on myself, um kind of, you know, like the Sanderson sisters did, and I would make it so that I would be young and and beautiful and fit forever and But you already are all of those things. And well, that's thank you. Thank you Check for that. Check my line. <coughs> I was going to say that. You're making me blush over here. <clears throat> True story. Uh, Ashes is better looking than uh, and more attractive than uh, Miss Universe. And I, I will say that to her face if she ever comes on to the show. So uh, I want her to go on the show so I can tell her that my wife is better looking than she is. It's not a competition, but I appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, but there's a second. You won. There's a second part to. Yeah, but it's still not a competition. But anyways, there's a second part to my spell. So, so not only would I cast a spell like Sanderson's sister style to be young and beautiful and fit for forever, but I'd also make it so that regardless of what I ate, I would not gain any weight. Oh my god! Like how nice. amazing would that be? Especially like this time of year. Oh my god, you guys! This time of year is so hard. Like with all I of the Halloween into, like, candy, a yeah, right? Yeah, I like all of the pumpkin and pumpkin spice stuff, and like I, I eat it all up. Like pumpkin spice lattes, pumpkin muffins, pumpkin like cookies and cakes and strudels and you name it. Like I, I'm gonna eat it. Uh, we go to my mom and I will go to BJ's, which is if you're not from around New England, it's like a Costco's. And they have like a pumpkin spice like roll, like cream roll, and it looks like one of those um, 
It's just fucking good. I think I know what you're talking about because uh, Wegmans, the gro- uh, one of our local grocery stores, has an amazing bakery, and they do. It kind of looks like a, a holiday roll, but it's a a pumpkin. Oh my god, fuck roll, and it has like a a cream cheese, kind of like a whipped cream cheese buttercream mm-hmm. filling, and mm-hmm. it's actually that's usually what I get for my birthday. It's either that or a pumpkin cheesecake. I'm a huge fan of pumpkin cheesecake. Yeah. But yeah, like this time of year, fall, it's just, I just, I want it all. Like apple and apple spice and maple and yeah, all, all of those fall flavors, I'm just a sucker for. Like I eat it year round, but when like fall comes and you're just kind of like inundated with all of this pumpkin stuff, mm-hmm. I'm just like, oh, just get, get in my belly, like pumpkin everything. The only thing I won't eat that's pumpkin spice is those pumpkin spice Oreos. Those are nasty. I haven't tried those yet. Don't even. No. It's no. Well, sometimes no. the pumpkin spice flavor is a little too like I don't know. Kind of has this like artificial, like chemical. Yeah, taste. yeah, yeah. And sometimes my I, I'm not a huge. I like ginger in moderation, but sometimes they use a little too much ginger in mm-hmm. their pumpkin spice. I yeah. preferred Marianne. So. Um, So anyways That's wow Yes you guys were really nice And I'm just a selfish old hag But anyways (laughs) You're not old and you're not a hag But anyways So today we are talking about The Sanderson sisters from Hocus Pocus And we will get to that discussion When we come back from break So Park your brooms, grab your book, and we will be right back. This is Samantha Newark, the voice of Jem and Jerrica from the original Jem and the Holograms cartoon series. And you are listening to Throwdown Thursday on the Grand Guineal Network. Hello, this is the Sasquatch, a.k.a. Bigfoot, but you can just call me Frank. And when I'm not stomping around the woods throwing rocks at hunters, I like to listen to the Paranormal Punchers podcast. That's right, Paranormal Punchers. They talk about all things paranormal. And they're hilarious. Go find them on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and ParanormalPunches.com. (laughs) 
And we are back. Thanks for sticking around with us. So today we are talking about the Sanderson sisters from Disney's 1993 movie Hocus Pocus. So before we get into our character discussion, guys, Hocus Pocus, when did you first see it? Do you like it? Why do you like it? Patsy, let's start with you. Well, there seemed to have been <clears throat> some confusion in our house the other day. Uh, Ashes, <laughs> for some reason, was under the impression that I had never seen this film before. I thought I thought you didn't like you didn't have any interest in it. I thought you thought it was stupid or something. I've seen this film roughly 150 times, uh, and it gets damn better each time. I fucked that up. Like, um, anyway, sorry. Was I that supposed to be a Beetlejuice? <laughs> yeah, it was. I, I like funnier. funnier every single time. I think I just screwed it up. Okay, Patsy, what are you talking about? So. <laughs> I think one of the reasons why I really liked it is um, Sarah Jessica Parker is in one of my favorite movies of all time, Flight of the Navigator. And that's a film that I really love and I've seen a bajillion times. I haven't watched it in a very long time, though I have to remedy that soon, especially because they're remaking it and that makes me sad. But um, I really, you know, I was like, all right, you know, she's in it. Bette Midler's in it. That's somebody that I recognize. And I was like, all right, it's a Disney movie about witches. I was about 12 when it came out. Uh, for some reason, it came out in the summer, not Halloween, which I didn't quite get. But um, I don't recall if I saw it in the theater. I may have, but I watched it on TV all the time. We had the VHS. We watched it all the time. My youngest brother really liked it. So, you know, Dave, because he gets to do whatever he wants, uh, this is prior to him having a Game Boy. I say, <laughs> don't mention oh, Game Boys. You know, we watch that all the time. And to be honest, it was way better than that stupid ass Mary Martin Peter Pan movie that he wanted to watch over and over and over and over and over again. Um, but uh, no, I really liked it. I always, uh, you know, rewatching it recently, you know, and looking over the cast, it's like. Well, I didn't realize that that was Doug Jones as oh as, uh, as Billy, and because uh, he was probably my favorite part uh, because of the slapstick comedy. You know, oh, he gets his head knocked off a couple of times, and he was running around being all wacky. Like I enjoyed that. Um, yeah, I think I was probably around twelve. You know, and uh, you know, I'm just starting to slide into puberty, and uh, I got to say, I really dug Sarah Jessica Parker's outfit. Um, I was like, how are these three sisters, like, those two are old enough to be her mom and her grandma? Like, I don't get that. You know, that's what I said when I was 12. I'm like, how, like, they don't even look remotely, like, 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 Bette Midler was in movies back in, you know, the silent era, you know, like, how is it? But, Insert eye roll here. Yeah, massive eye roll. Well, no, this is like the stuff I was saying when I was a kid. You know, obviously, I'm not saying that now because I understand. I know who Bette Midler is, and I know who Kathy and Jimmy is. But I was a huge fan of, uh, so I didn't mind watching it over and over again because I just I dug the way uh, Sarah Jessica Parker looked. And rewatching it the other day still holds up. So, uh, yeah, how about you there, uh, Trail Mix? What is, it's not a trail mix. Nice try. Oh, I'm sorry. What is it? It's blueberry chocolate balls. Oh, well. It's not. It's not trail mix. Well, Nicole's sorry, putting we blue in- balls in her mouth. Yeah, I, I was, was thinking say, that earlier. I'm sorry we interrupted you with balls in your mouth, but uh, 
Now that you finished gargling those balls, what what about you? What's your first You're experience? Weird. Um, so I don't remember. Um, so okay, I seen bits and pieces of Hocus Pocus uh, as a child. I don't remember when, but to watch the full viewing the feature film was actually last year. I remember uh, Stephanie Wiley and Chris McGibbon, friends of the show, they were talking about it on Facebook, and I was like, you know what? It's a, it's, it's a tradition to a lot of people to watch Hocus Pocus. Um, I used to have a friend who named her Black Cat Banks, and she was obsessed with Hocus Pocus, and I was like, you know what? You know, I'm going to cut the cord. I'm going to do it now. I'm going to watch it. And I really enjoyed it. Um, ma- majority of the time when I was watching the film, I and I'm sure we'll talk about it, but I just saw them as like the three stooges, only in female form, basically. And it was it's funny. It's really funny. I enjoy the songs, and you know, each sister plays a critical role in the film, and it's they're just they're great together, and they're great separate, and. Billy was my favorite character because I love Doug Jones. So, yeah, that's my that's my response. Sorry. <laughs> so the movie came out in summer of ninety three. So I believe that we rented it. Um, it was out on video Halloween time ninety three. I believe, um, or maybe shortly thereafter. I remember renting it and thinking that it was just great. It was fun. Um, I love when Disney goes dark because they do a really good job with it. Like they, they actually do a really good job with being creepy and throwing in kind of innuendos and being macabre. And uh, Disney, Disney really does a good job with Halloween. Um, going into this movie, I have known who Bette Midler was since birth because my mother is a huge fan. Um, so I, I knew who she was. I didn't recognize, like I didn't know who Sarah Jessica Parker or Kathy and Jimmy, who they were at the time. Obviously, I know now being a huge fan of, of Sex and the City and Kathy and Jimmy is just a treasure. Like she's just fantastic. Um, it became a staple uh, our Halloween Uh shortly thereafter because you know it was a disney movie uh it made its way to the disney channel and every every halloween season they just play the hell out of it and i always find myself watching it whenever it's on tv it's one of those movies that i it's again i kind of i don't like to like things that a lot of other people grab like latch onto and love and being a horror fan, you know, I, I didn't want to like Hocus Pocus because it just seemed kind of, you know, everybody else was liking it. Mm-hmm. But it's just so good and it's so well written and the acting is perfection. And I mean, it's it's fucking Bette Midler, guys. Come on now. <laughs> um, it's just perfect. I love it. And it's it's a Halloween staple in, in my house. You know, we try to do the 31 nights of Halloween. It doesn't always work out. Uh, but I do tend to watch a lot of a lot of horror-ish movies around, you know, Halloween time. And 
Hocus Pocus, I mean, even though it's not technically a horror movie, it always makes its way into into uh, my movie viewing. Rotation. Yeah, my rotation because it's just it's just wonderful. It gets you in the Halloween spirit. Mm-hmm. Uh, the subject matter is just great. And I love witches because I am one. So, hooray. So... The Sanderson sisters, when the movie be- opens, we are introduced to these three women, uh, witches, old ladies. Uh, they're, they, they don't, they're not young. They look like they've been around for a while. They are graying. They are wrinkly. They are dancing around a cauldron trying to get the stuff that they need for this recipe for this potion that they're going to make so that they can be young and beautiful forever. And they do that uh, by obtaining a child and feeding the child this potion, which kind of puts them in almost this like ethereal, like plasma like state. And then they suck the life out of the child and which again, like that, that's so dark it for was. Disney. I like they they killed a child. They sucked the life out of a child, and before they did that, they turned another child into a cat. Cat named Binks. Yeah. Which you mentioned that your friend has a cat named Binks. My sister also has a black cat named Binks. Yeah. So it's it's something that you know our family loves. Hocus Pocus. Oh my god! I remember watching that last year, and I was like. 10 minutes into the film and I was like holy fuck Disney created this I was really shocked right so this child uh, Emily Banks was lured into the witch's cabin cottage by Sarah played by Sarah Jessica Parker uh, her character is kind of like a siren she has this like siren song that she sings she has this way of uh, manipulating people to doing what she wants them to do and she has this song that she she sings where she can lure children into following her and pretty much doing whatever she wants them to do and that's how she got this one child this little girl uh, Emily Banks into the cottage where they ultimately you know fed her the potion and sucked the life out of her now following that so this is Salem it's 1693 the Salem witch trials are going on at this time so shortly thereafter uh, a a mob of angry villagers with uh, torches and pitchforks and what have you show up at their door and pretty much threaten to break the door down wanting them to show themselves and you know calling them witches and daughters of darkness and satan's mistresses and stuff um i don't know if they use that word but i know they definitely use daughters of darkness um and ultimately they are hanged for their crime of being a witch but before they do that they cast a spell And the spell is that on Halloween, all Hallow's Eve, Halloween, um, a virgin will light the black candle 
which will summon them from their graves below and they will return and wreak havoc over Salem in order to complete their quest of sucking the life out of all of the children and pretty much becoming immortal. I think that's what they... They wanted to be young and beautiful forever. So, you know, uh, immortality was their ultimate goal. And that brought us up to present day at that time, which was 1993, where... A virgin and very sarcastically uh, lit the black flame candle, which summoned the sisters, and they came back to wreak havoc on what was modern day Salem. And I loved what they did, first of all, with differentiating between the three sisters. Mm-hmm. So you have Winnie, who's played by Bette Midler, who's the oldest one, mm-hmm. and she's definitely the leader. She is the one who sold her soul to Satan. Um, she is the one who possesses the book, mm-hmm. her her precious book, the love of her life, the book that holds all of the spells to concoct all of the potions to pretty much, you know, make their, whatever their heart's desire is. Um, and then you have the middle sister, Mary, who is played by Kathy and Jimmy, and she is not the brightest crayon in the bunch, but she is very loyal. She's definitely the most caring of her sisters, especially regarding her sisters. Um, and she is also very loyal to, to Winnie. She's kind of like Winnie's right hand woman mm-hmm. um and then the youngest sister sarah played by sarah jessica parker she's the flirty and the flighty kind of an airhead um very she is she's very sexy and she's just very boy crazy and kind of marches to the beat of her own drum so they did a really good job with you know, even though the sisters are very rarely apart, they do a lot of the, the stuff together. Or if one is after you, you know that the other two aren't far behind. Uh, they did a really good job of creating three distinct characters, which worked so well together. And this kind of comes in with what you were saying, Nicole, about the Three Stooges comparison. Yep. Um, do you want to elaborate more on yeah, that? Yeah, if you ever watch the Three Stooges, um, you know that Mo is the leader, so that's very much um, Winnie's character. She's the leader. She's the one who kind of gets everyone into the... Um, gets everyone in line and getting ready for whatever they're going to do. Um, I believe Larry was very similar to Sarah Jessica Parker, character of Sarah... Who, you know, she kind of, well, yeah. And then Curly is more towards um, Mary, uh, played by Kathy, what's how do you say your last name? Najimi. Najimi. Um, who's just kind of, you know, you know, as Ashes says, like, not the, oh my God, I'm fumbling over my words, not the brightest crayon in the bunch kind of thing. And, um. You know, I just like I that was like my instant response. I was like, oh, they're like the little three stooges kind of obviously, you know, they have some of the same attributes or attributes come kind of similarities and whatnot. And for me, as I've been watching it multiple times and like it's you know, I it's nice to see that 
each sister has a significant role specific role in the film and like that they're that disney kind of really gives each sister their own kind of like little backstory because you know you see Winnie kind of taking over like the mother role where she has to take care of her younger sisters and then you see Winnie being very jealous because having that jealous attitude because I believe Sarah was flirting with Billy and that's how Billy dies because unless I'm going into backstories that I've read yeah so what happened was uh, Billy Butcherson was with Winnie the Witch and Billy Butcherson had an affair with Sarah, oh. the witch. Uh, and so, obviously, Winnie caught on and said, I don't think so, poisoned Billy, and then sewed his mouth shut after so he could not tell any of her secrets in the afterlife. So, so sadistic she is. And then... Um, Mary being not the brightest bulb, you see her in one of my favorite scenes is where the three sisters loses their brooms. Yep. And so they ransacked a closet and <laughs> Mary is writing in a freaking vacuum cleaner. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, of course she goes in a vacuum cleaner. She doesn't know what a vacuum cleaner is. Well, but obviously like her sister Mary or Sarah gets the mop and when he gets the broom. What were you going to say, Patrick? Well, what's funny is their brooms were stolen by little girls who were trick-or-treating as them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, it's sometimes it's it's hard to, you know, pick up on these little things. But, like, the color schemes match up. Like, they're green, red, and what's it? What? Purple. Purple, yeah. So, like, the colors matched up. Yeah. And one of the things that I loved, too, and this is um, early on after they are resurrected, per se, uh, they are completely oblivious to the time period that they're in. So they're brought back, and these kids, the kids who brought them back um, accidentally, are trying to get out of these witches' cottage because they don't want to be their next victims. So the teenage boy is like, I am the great Max or whatever. And he holds a a lighter up to. So what they had done is they had preserved the witch's cottage, but they kind of uh, turned it into like a museum. Mm -hmm. And they had installed a sprinkler system, you know, fire alarm sprinkler system. And so the teenage boy is all like, I'm the great Max and I'm going to something about like, you know, I'm, I'm going to inflict on you my like water of like, like rain, rain of, of acid or rain of death or something like that. Rain of death. Yeah. Fiery rain of death. Yes. And so they're like, and, and he activates the sprinkler system and they get away while the witches are like, oh my God, you know, like, Rain of death, rain of death, we're dying, we're dying, oh burning my god. Burning rain of death. Burning, yeah, burning, oh yeah, right, that's right, burning rain of death. You know, and they're, and they're just like, oh my god, we're dying, we're dying, we're dying. And then they're like, oh, wait, we're, we're, we're not dying, it's just water, it's water. And just Sarah the water. is just opening her mouth, like catching the water in her mouth, yeah. which made me laugh yeah. so and then much. Shortly, that was they, unintentionally they sexy, by the way. It's because yeah. she's like heaving her boobs out oh at the same time. Oh my god, keep it in the pants. 
I'm just saying that's and something then, I noticed when I was 12. And the other day when you watched it. Um, <laughs> I did not notice. And then they went out of the co- outside of the cottage and they see like the, the black paved road. Oh my God. And they were like, what is this? You know, it's like a, a black river, a river of black. And so Winnie pushes Sarah <laughs> into it and Sarah starts freaking out until she realized she's like, tis firm, tis firm, tis, tis a road, you know? And, and it keeps up like they don't know what a bus is. Um, they don't know the concept of Halloween. You know, that takes them a little while to catch on to that. You know, uh, that all of these children like... Gary Marshall. Right. Um, you know, all of these children are out uh, in costume, which makes it the perfect night for them to gather all of the children because mm-hmm. they are out. Um, I just love that. It's kind of like this, you know, not so much obliviousness, but just like they just don't know. Yeah. Like they don't know. But they do adapt really quickly. Um to uh, you know, modern life as and best stuff. as they could. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I just love that. I thought that was great. Um, I really enjoyed how, along with each sister having their own like identity, each sister kind of had their own like special power as well. So like Winnie was definitely like the potions expert. With her book, you had Mary, who had this just intense sense of smell, especially for children. Um, There's a scene where they are around a garbage area, like large, like garbage. Dumpsters and stuff. It's an alley where between a couple of restaurants where they dump trash. Um, And they're following the children. And she's like, oh, what's that? And Mary's like, oh, tis scrod. And they're like, scrod. She's like, yeah, scrod. You roll it in breadcrumbs, toss it with a little bit of butter, you know? Um, it, it's just, it's, it's funny. But she has this amazing sense of smell where she can not only identify that there's a child in the room, but she can identify the gender of the child and the age of the child That's just crazy. by the smell. And then you have Sarah, who has the ability to, um, like I said earlier, she kind of has this like siren-like quality about her. She has this ability to uh, manipulate people and get them to do what she wants. And ov- obviously, all of those attributes come to play throughout the entire movie while they're on the hunt for these children who steal their book and then ultimately uh, the quest to recreate this potion uh, before the sun comes up on November 1st so that they can be immortal. Now, I see, Nicole, you had some notes over there. I just see blank pages now. (laughs) It was just mostly um, just notes about the film and each sister and um, piggybacking to them trying to adapting to the new modern way of life i think one of my favorite scenes is where you know they're they go outside and you know when he pushes sarah into the road and like they're walking in unison and then the flashing lights with the police that one that made me laugh a lot um i'm losing my train of thought uh Patsy. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say some of the some of the things that I liked were like the very beginning when the, the the villagers or the townsfolk are trying to like you know break into their house like oh we know you have a kid and, and 
when he's just like, no, 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 we're just uh, sitting at home, like doing, you know, whatever. And <laughs> and then Sarah Jessica Parker is like sucking the life out of children. <laughs> so yeah, and it's that kind of comedy that's played throughout the entire movie as as well. Um, I just love it. I think it's great. Um, Nicole, do you have any other like favorite scenes? I really, I really enjoy, and this is probably like one of the most iconic scenes in the film is where they're in the gymnasium or the dance and uh, Winnie is singing, I put a spell on you. Like, I really enjoy that scene a lot. I just love Bette Miller. She, her singing voice is just beautiful and um, that's one of my favorite scenes. Um, Oh, the other scene where they're in, they're in the people's house and they're, I'm probably imagining, it's been a while, where they're kind of looking for, it's where the broom scenes, where they're mob. Gary Marshall and Penny Marshall? Yeah, that scene, that's really funny. Um, How about you, Patsy, what's your favorite scene? Oh, my favorite scene was when Billy cuts off his stitches and the moths fly out which turns out those were real moths and the moths fly out and he calls her a trollop and that's because I learned a new word and I didn't know what that word meant when I was 12 so I think that was probably my favorite scene I have a hard time trying to pinpoint my favorite scene in this movie I have several Mm -hmm. Um, one being in the very beginning when they're about to be hanged or hung or however the past tense of that is but um yeah uh and and when he's like sister sing and they start singing and they start chanting and doing this spell and everyone's just freaking out going crazy and they're like laughing and giggling like they're about to be hung like they're going to die and they're laughing because they put this whole spell on salem that they would be back so they knew that they would be back Mm -hmm. eventually they didn't realize you know that it was going to take 300 years but you know (laughs) it happened um and I just, yeah, I just love that. I thought that was great. The The irony of that whole scene, I thought, was just wonderful. Is that the same scene where someone tells Winnie to go to hell and she's just like, oh, I've already been there. It's really pretty. No, that's at the end. I've oh, been is, there. It's nice. Oh, okay. I'm like, it's why I thought it was in the beginning. But it's, that was, I think that's my favorite line in the in the film. Well, either that or the, uh, what hath thou done with my son Thackeray? I, Thackeray, Thackeray. I don't know. Cats got my tongue. <laughs> but it's like even they're you know they're pretty much knocking on death's door. Like they're going to die, and they can't stop you know just cracking jokes mm-hmm. and because they're still in control. Right, right. The only time that they actually show any type of vulnerability at all is at the end of the movie when they completely lost control. Like the sun's coming up, they don't have the children. They don't have you know the book. Um, Everything's just run amok. And they realize that they failed. Mm-hmm. Like they realize that they did not accomplish what they needed to accomplish and the time that they needed to accomplish it in. And they were done for. And they just completely disintegrated. Yeah. It just almost looks like they kind of exploded, just like the lights 
just shone out through them and they just they just poof they were gone and to piggyback what i'm just about to say there's it seems like there's hints that they're still alive by the book where the book is blinking and recently and especially the past couple of days there's been a lot of talk about a sequel coming up what are your feelings if there will be one? Um, there won't be a sequel because oh. they're actually remaking it as a Disney movie. Oh. Yes. Yeah. So I hate to be the bearer of bad news. Um, if they were doing a sequel, if it was a sequel with, again, you know, the original cast and it was a great script, absolutely yes. Mm-hmm. And I know that... Uh, Bette Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker, and Kathy and Jimmy have gone on record to say that they would absolutely, in a heartbeat, sign on mm-hmm. to do a sequel for Hocus Pocus. It's just so dis- that uh, I I'm so disappointed that they're going to remake it because yeah. I was reading also that there was another theory or like there was a lot of promises of the three girls that took the witch's brooms. They wanted to do kind of like a based on them after all these years and all the things that they experienced with the brooms and whatnot. I read that that theory, but oh, that's such no. Yeah, which means that they're probably going to remake it with one of these just not so talented Disney, you know, manufactured (laughs) teeny boppers. Um, So yeah, so that uh, I've actually found that news out earlier this well at, at this point it would be a couple of weeks ago um, <laughs> and and that just made me really really sad because to me you know it's one of those characters kind of like Beetlejuice when you think of Beetlejuice you think of Michael Keaton playing him and that's it when you think of the Sanderson sisters you only think of Bette Midler Sarah Jessica Parker and Kathy and Jimmy mm-hmm. like they're really isn't anybody who could play those characters to the extent that these ladies did um, you know the way that they approached these characters like i said earlier the way that they were able to give each of these ladies um a different identity while remaining unified in some twisted way uh i found these characters to be rather feminist uh characters and you know another reason why i love them um you know they aren't doing things for anybody else but themselves and you know at times they are selfish and they are crazy and they are very vain (laughs) very very vain uh but they take charge ladies and oh i just love this movie so much i love the characters it's just you know like you said they are very feminine you know they're feminists for their time and if they, you know, when you think of witches, a lot of people will think Hocus Pocus and the Sanderson sisters. And, you know, it, it just breaks my heart now knowing that they're going to make a remake of it. Because, like, like you said, like, you can't replace those iconic characters, the, you know, those actors who play these roles, who embedded their attitudes and their wackiness and everything about who they are in these characters and it's part of your childhood it's a part of you know growing up with these characters it's just that's really like well just it's it's what disney is doing they're just no i i understand uh, remake 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 27 johnny depp movies remake 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 like you know i understand why they do the remakes i don't 
you know, they're trying to bring, like, earlier, like, bring in new generations, which they really shouldn't. Like, the classics are fine as they are. I don't see anybody rushing to remake Casablanca or or Citizen Kane, you know? No one wants to do that, Citizen Kane. Well, I think because Hocus Pocus has had such a cult following Mm -hmm. that they're really just trying to capitalize on that and... By remaking it, it's probably their way of like, oh, well, we can breathe new life into it with new, fresher faces who can mm-hmm. promote the fuck out of it more. I mean, I don't know. This is just but that's the me, opposite of what like, a cult movie is. A no, cult, I, I know, understand like, that. I understand that. But like, look what they did with Rocky Horror last year. Yeah, it was garbage. They butchered it. So if they're remaking this, especially if they, you know, remaking is this for for TV and fun fact. Hocus Pocus was originally supposed to be just like a Disney Channel movie, like on Disney Channel. But as they started to write the script and as it started to uh, gain momentum and whatnot, they realized that what they had on their hands was so much bigger than a TV movie. And if they put in the budget, it had the potential to really draw in crowds and be so much bigger. And ultimately, you know, that's, that's exactly what happened. Like Hocus Pocus is still making money. They have, you know, the uh, attractions at the Disney parks. And it's on every Halloween, like nonstop. Oh yeah. They have like fucking, um, shit. What's it called? Marathons. Yes. Marathons of, uh, just Hocus Pocus nonstop. You know, so uh, I don't know. I don't like it, but from what I've heard, like it's been greenlit. It's happening. I don't know much else. My guess is it might be starting now to air next year. Uh, I don't know, but I, I would be much happier with the news of a sequel than the news of a remake. Yeah, I'm the same way for uh, the movie I talked about earlier, uh, Flight of the Navigator. I mean that's that's me. Um, so what do you got? We got anything else that we want to talk about for this? Well, we do have a voicemail uh, from Nick, and it's uh, regarding Hocus Pocus. So I think we're going to play that right now and hear what Nick has to say. Hey guys, Nick here again. Um, I'm going to talk about the Sanderson sisters and Hocus Pocus. Now, if you're a horror nut, horror fan. You probably love this movie. Um, <clears throat> I don't remember the first time I saw it, but it's always been on the rotation of um, yeah. Every Halloween, you got to try to watch it. Um, it's. I mean, I don't know if this makes sense now because Disney has branched out and done so many different things now. But it was at the time where I want to say Disney kind of had some balls because no, the movie's not like. You know, like going crazy, like rated R's, I and mean, I still think it's rated PG. But like, they kind of had a little wit to them, where they were, you know, they, they always made movies, I guess, that were for kids and for adults. You know, you, you found jokes in Aladdin that parents would be, oh, that's funny, or this or that. But this one was kind of like, eh, maybe we'll border on a PG thirteen at some point. And like, I'm not saying everything in this was like, oh my god. But, you know, they dealt with some interesting things for a Disney movie. You know, you dealt with zombies. You dealt with, which uh, I can't remember stuff with zombies as much, you know. There were more just like this character. Just, oh, it's a zombie. 
And, and it's not going, hey, it's Rick, it's the walking dead. Like, no one went insane. Like, calm down, we get it. You like zombies. But it was so fun. It was so just like, and it got you such in the Halloween spirit. Like, it's just so cool. It's just like, you got the angsty teenager, and you're moving in and hanging out with the cute girl, and he's just like, let's go burn some witches. Let's, you know, just goofing around. And whoops, we accidentally brought to life resurrected some Salem witches. Like, I love that. <laughs> I, I think that's so funny. I think that's so cool. And, like, what do we got to do? You know, the whole thing of rigmarole of parents don't believe you, we're partying. Do You know what's funny about this movie? This movie reminds me a lot of... Well, obviously, the, the movie I'm about to say kind of reminds me of this movie is Halloween 2 Rob Zombies. Because, like... Okay, so, and I guess it's just because of the big party scene, but, like, there's that whole scene where she's, you know, Laurie Strode's like, I don't want to go to this party, but then she's partying and getting drunk or whatever, and her friends are hooking up and going, but then, like, there's the parents, and they're doing that, and, like, you know, then, you know, she's not knowing that, uh, what's-her-face is getting killed, and then you got this party where they don't know that the kids are all getting tortured, uh, by these damn witches scaring them all over the town. I, I guess there's not that much connection, but it just made me think with the big party and them all drunk and the parents all drunk and stuff like that. Um, which also kind of goes to uh, Ernest Scared Stupid. Wow, lots of connections there. What? You guys are the connection podcast. You figure that one out. Ernest Scared Stupid, Hocus Pocus, Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. All Halloween parties, all bad stuff happening during the Halloween parties. Where's the connection? I just made you guys another episode. I want some royalties. Okay, but no. So yes, Hocus Pocus is just we'll so fun. It's it's goofy. Paid. It's funny. It's you know it. Bette Midler is great. Uh, it's probably the only role I like of Sarah Jessica Parker. Um, Babo Babo, I'm in trouble. That's hilarious. Like I said, you know, just stuff like that. It's just so great. It's such a. It just puts you in the Halloween mood. That's what's so great about. It. Everyone loves learning about witches and stuff like that, and just goofy jokes and it just, it just so, just so well done. Like, I honestly think it's like Disney's best. Like, like little stab at like let's kind of let's kind of go over what we normally do, you know. But thank you guys for listening. I know this one probably went long. I haven't looked at the time. But um, thank you again for playing these. Bye. That was an interesting connection you made uh, with the other films. I get what you're saying. Like, they all involve, like, a Halloween party. But, I mean, if you want to go by that, you know, you have to go with, uh, you know, Adam's family as well when they had the, the big party at the at the mansion. I mean, I think it would be, I mean, other than that, I don't think anything really connects these films together. Um, but that's an interesting take on it. It's definitely not something that uh, that I would have uh, latched onto as far as, you know, how I would have connected from the films. But, you know, glad you liked it. Um, I'm curious to know what other uh, roles you've seen Sarah Jessica Parker in. Um, have you seen Flight of the Navigator? You should check that out. It's awesome. I love it. I'll watch Sex of the City with you, Nick. 
It she, has boobs. <laughs> she was in that movie in the 80s. Oh, God. Uh, Girls just want to Yes, that one. She was also in a movie with Bruce Willis where he was on a boat for some, like, he's like a boat cop. Like night boat or something. I don't know. It's um, I don't remember what it was called. I never saw it. Die Hard Boat Edition. Yeah. <laughs> boat Hard. <laughs> On that note, I think it's time for us to take our last break. When we come back, we are going to throw down a new battle. We've got some fun stuff for you, and uh, we'll talk about what's coming up. So stay tuned, kids. Trick or Treat Radio is a phantasmagorical spin kick straight through the heart of pop culture, navigated by the Deadites. We are the world's greatest electroshock band, we destroy monsters, we drink booze, and we win championship belts. If you're not listening to Trick or Treat Radio, here's a taste of what you've been missing. There's three guarantees in life. What are they? Death, taxes, and Trick or Treat Radio every Friday morning. This is one of the most convoluted movies I've ever seen in my life. I'm fucking trying, man. Hi, hi, hi. Oh, yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, yeah. It's like you took a shit on a pile of shit. But you shit on him right. for liking what he likes. Yeah, well, it's my job. This podcast is now banned in Germany. <laughs> it's me, Giovanni Lombardo Radici. Shut up. I call bullshit. I demand someone to bring me the face of Lindsay Lohan. If I had genitals, I would definitely bang her. Oh, wait. Is she a great big fan person? You just hit the jackpot. This is a weird movie, huh? It had action, it had suspense, it had great characters, it had great acting. I'm going to strangle you with my jockey short. I don't like mobster movies. All right, well, here's my take. You're a sick fuck. Thank you. Now shut the fuck up and let me talk. Have you ever seen 2001? The okay. box, right? The box and the monkey. Available on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and trickortreatradio.com. Arrivederci, douchebag. Hi, my name is Kurando Mitsutake, director of Gun Woman and Karate Kill, and you're listening to the Throwdown Thursday podcast. Fueled by tacos, beer, and Bloody Marys, the only show featuring baby Jesus with a nail gun, the pride of PA, and the show with the eye of the tiger, ladies and gentlemen, Punch Farm. Hey, this is Mark from Punch Farm. I'm here with Mark Dose. Hello. I'm here with Alicia. Hello. I'm here with Nikki. Hey. Join us every Monday as we talk about life, tacos, beer, and movies. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and PunchFarm.com. Keep on punching! Patrick Rayhall is a motherfucking mouse. Patrick Rayhall is a motherfucking mouse. Patrick Wayhall is a motherfucking mouse. Patrick Wayhall is a motherfucking mouse. It actually segues quite nicely to what. Where's the cheese? What people might There's might get to see tomorrow at Rock and Shop. So, uh, writing books, writing books. You know, that's called a teaser. What we do. Uh, hopefully, I sound better and feel better. So. Um, I don't know. Ashes. What? Go ahead. Don't oh. I, I just wanted to talk about being a, a, a schmouse. Patrick Rayhall, gonna save your life. A really good writer with a wicked hot wife. Okay, we can talk now. She always <laughs> makes sure she uh, <laughs> listens to that part. So, we have a new battle for you guys. Oh my god, what happened? Oh my god, she, she just she went cr- through puberty. Well, well, this is true. Seeing as my <laughs> oh my god, you sound worse than me all of a sudden. 
My birthday is on Tuesday. So maybe this is what happens. I can't look at you. Maybe this all right, you guys yes. are bad at this. Is it maybe? Maybe this is what happens when you turn 32. It didn't happen to me when I turned 32. Uh, so anyways, we have a new battle. Do you, do you Sorry, I have, we like, have a new battle know? for you guys. That <laughs> <laughs> we need to <laughs> You know, it's not even like she's trying to do this. Like, this is just... This is what happens. Like, this is my voice is just done. It's gone. It's going. Going, going, gone. Um, So we have a new battle for you guys. Uh, Nicole. I'm ready. You gonna three, two, one? Three, two, one. Three, two, two, one. It's a motherfucking. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, I can't laugh. It hurts. I'll do the laughing for you. So we have for you guys this week, it is our Hocus Pocus Bewitching Beatdown. It is the Sanderson Sisters versus the Witches of Eastwick versus the Hollowell Sisters in a witchy bitchy spell off to the death. So who do you think would win in a spell off to the death? Is it a spelling bee? Yes, it's a spelling bee. So who do you think has the higher IQ? Out of uh, probably share, share crew, <laughs> share crew. <laughs> so hit us up on the Facebook page. We're gonna have that poll up and running for you. Let us know who do you think would win in a fight to the death, a spell off the Sanderson sisters, the Hollowell sisters, or the witches of Eastwick. Oh, Patsy. Hi. Hi. Do you have a science fact for us? I always have a science fact for you. Are you ready to tell the fine people at home what your science fact <laughs> is? I am ready to tell. Did you say fine or five? <laughs> I was going to say she said five. That's, well, five de- that's debatable. Um, okay. I'm ready. Go ahead. From the blackness of space. Timeless from the void. You terrified to learn of Patsy's science facts. <laughs> so this week, um, I have something that I found to be pretty interesting. Um, it's called the Triple Point, and it is uh, a, uh, a, a point at which uh, pressure and temperature combine to make a substance, a solid, liquid, and gas all at the same time. What? Um, for example, the triple point of mercury is negative 38.83440 degrees Celsius and 0.2 millipascals of pressure. Um, there are some substances, such as helium-4, which have uh, multiple uh, multiple triple points, and it's called uh, lambda points. Um, that's really all I have because I can't really talk. So I wanted to do some something that was quick and easy. Um, 
So, yeah, that's what I got. What do you, what do you got? So I've got some wine stuff. Hey, Much like common knowledge at this point that I like wine. Like, hence, I'm the mistress of Merlot and I have a segment on the show called the Vol Nightmare Vineyards. However, every now and then, especially around this time of year, I enjoy a good beer. <gasps> I know. I know, right? Pause for shock. So today, I'm going to talk about one of my favorite beers, which is actually in season right now. I'm going to talk about the Shipyard Pumpkinhead Beer. I love pumpkin beer. I love it so much. And I've had several pumpkin beers. And it's my belief that Shipyard produces the best. Uh, Pumpkinhead is a crisp, refreshing wheat ale with delightful aromatics and a subtle spice flavor. To celebrate the fall season, they enhance the pumpkin flavor with a proprietary uh, blend of spices, including cinnamon and nutmeg. They have the spice blend down pat. It is perfection. Um, Whatever their ratio is, like they've done their homework and it's perfect. And the flavor is just phenomenal. Um, And I believe... That the best way to uh, consume pumpkin head is uh, draft and with a rim job. God, I love. I was just gonna <laughs> ask you if you like it with the rim or no rim. God, I love a good rim job. Um, <laughs> the opinions of ashes are not necessarily the opinions of management. No, what I'm talking about is the cinnamon sugar rim that they put on the glass. It just enhances that cinnamon flavor in the beer. And I love it. It just kind of gives it that extra little something. And it makes the glass pretty. I don't know. I I like it. So anyways, (laughs) Shipyard Pumpkinhead. It's only seasonal and it's out right now. So go get yourself a six pack or get me a six pack and bring it to Rock and Shock for my birthday. Make sure you got some stuff to make some rim jobs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah make sure you have the stuff to give me a rim job. <laughs> uh, okay. uh, so the Agent Nicole files are still on hiatus. They might never come back. <laughs> But we do have a couple of things to talk about. One being a couple of weeks ago, the three of us, along with one of our other friends, had the opportunity to go to the Boston uh, premiere of a movie called American Satan. And this movie is actually premiering tomorrow, October 13th, uh, in theaters nationwide. Um, Probably it's a smaller film, so probably not every theater. So you probably have to look it up and see where it's it's showing. Um, so we're going to kind of just, without giving too, too much away, 
uh, just kind of talk about the movie a little bit and our, our overall experience. Now, Agent Nicole had no idea she was going with us until the day of. <laughs> and we were like, hey, do you want to go? And she was like, yeah, okay. Um, the movie uh, stars... Andy Beersack, who is of the band Black Veil Brides. It stars Ben Bruce, who is of the band Asking Alexandria. It stars... Oh, my God. Olivia Culpo. Malcolm McDowell. Bill Duke. John Bradley West. John Bradley. That's who... John Bradley, who is Samuel Tarly in Game of Thrones. I could not... (laughs) I knew you were. I was like... I was calling him... I I always call him Sam. Sam. I'm like, it's Sam. Samuel Tarly. Um, and Denise Richards, who plays Andy Biersack's character's mom. Um, it's a great movie. Like, I I knew I was going to like it because I'm a fan of the bands that some of these people are in. However, I was very impressed with the fact that, A, they can also act. And, B, just the overall story in general. It wasn't cheesy like I kind of had an inkling I'm like oh this could probably be like really cheesy but I'm mm-hmm. gonna love it anyway it's like it really wasn't cheesy it was actually really well done yeah it was very well written and directed um, the director was Ash Avildsen he also wrote and uh, he also wrote it with Marty Beckerman um, yeah he produced um, some of Rob Zombie's movies as well and he owns Sumerian Records yes um, one of the things that I thought was great about it um because I went into it with a little bit of trepidation, and I wrote about this with my with the article I uh, I I did on this. I did a, a review of the film. You know, obviously no spoilers, but um, with getting musicians to act, um, it's really it's a really tricky thing because for every you know uh, you know Ice Cube or Justin Timberlake or Ice T, basically, uh, any uh, almost every Ice guy. Um, you know, for every one of those guys, you'll have a Vanilla Ice or a Britney Spears or a Madonna. Um, you know, so it's 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 a hit or miss. Like you know, you could end up with somebody who really knows how to act. You know, like a Justin Timberlake, or you could get someone who thinks they know how to act like Jennifer Lopez, you know, and, you know, it could be, it, it's a hit or miss, but these guys, even though they're primarily musicians, you know, Beersack and, and, and Ben Bruce, um, they did a really good job. And I think that um, one of the things I liked the most was that Andy Beersack was able to really convey, um, you know, the intoxication scenes with uh, he was able to do it very convincingly especially considering uh, how long he's been sober you know and that was uh, a big point of uh, of of, uh, of interest you know we, we had the little question and answer session after the film and he said like that's one of the things like he had to pretend you know how to pretend that he was you know uh, under the influence of, of various substances without getting into the film uh you know, and clearly he wasn't. To which Ben Bruce replied, "Well, I'm a method actor." <laughs> um, but yeah, it was it was a good experience, and those are they were they were good dudes. Like you know, you know, we 
chatted up with him a little bit afterwards. So, you know, got some pictures. That was nice. Andy gave me a high five. That was awesome. His skin is very soft. <laughs> he has very soft hands. Um, so, yeah, definitely, uh, if you're interested, go check it out. It's in theaters uh, tomorrow. And if you're interested in learning more about it, check out Patsy's article. I'll post a link in the in the group. But, yeah, it was. I had fun. It was a good time. Actually, the link to my article was tweeted out by the American Satan official Twitter account. So I was very excited about that. That made me happy because... Uh, it was one of those really cool things where it's like, you know, it came up in my Twitter feed. It's like, things you might have missed. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know about this. I was like, wait a minute. That's not a retweet. That's like somebody going to the site and, like, copying and pasting the link and then tweeting it out. Like, that's really cool. Like, they took the time. They must have liked my review, clearly. So I that was, uh, that was something that was really cool, kind of made my day. So... So I found something the other day. Uh, I hope it's money. Yeah, no, sorry. It's not money. I tend to watch a lot of YouTube. uh, Excuse me. Primarily drag queens and makeup tutorials and cat videos. And then I slowly kind of go down the rabbit hole of pimple popping videos. And it just goes darker from there. I like the cow abscess that we watched the other day. Uh, Yeah, um, I'm into some very weird shit, but we're not going to talk about that. Well, actually, we kind of are. Um, I found a YouTube page called Ask a Mortician. (laughs) The woman's name is Caitlin Dowdy. And she has been a mortician for probably about 10 years, or at least in the mortician field, um, for about 10 years at this point. And she's had her YouTube channel since 2011, and she answers your questions, any questions that you may have. Uh, She takes this very charming and witty uh, and thoughtful approach to how she answers her questions and she's really trying to start this pro-death movement. Now, not saying that, you know, to make people want to, like, die, kill themselves, whatever. But to make people a little more at peace with the concept of death. So not only, you know, when facing... uh other people's deaths like family members or close friends but you know ultimately facing your own death as well because death is inevitable like it's gonna happen to all of us we are not immortal unfortunately although i'm really hoping that if i drink enough wine i might last long enough but that's a story for another day so she does a beautiful job of answering questions and just shining light on this morbid, uh, just very negative, or what a lot of people view as negative. Not only does she give information about the processes of embalming and how uh, your, your options after death, because you don't have to do everything by the book. You can actually do things various ways. Um, she also just shines this this just nice light over everything and the way that she approaches it is just very peaceful and you know she makes things lighthearted. and um she actually also did a ted talk 
uh, back in October 2016, so last year, at TEDx in Vienna, Austria, uh, about this topic, uh, where she just kind of went on and how, you know, we really need to rethink our approach to death, especially the way that Americans approach it, because other cultures view death so differently and they celebrate it and to the point where sometimes they don't even have like caskets or whatnot they have you know the deceased person propped up in their favorite chair in their living room and that's how they have viewings and stuff yeah i could i can definitely attest to that um in the in my family my mom's filipino and um when my grandfather passed away in 2013 and I was just really surprised by this, but they, he was in the dining room table and, you know, there's flowers around him and they do like seven days of mourning. But then like after like 40 days, they do a celebration of his life, 80 days, 120 days. Like there's always after him time periods, they like, they do celebrate the life, but I was just really I wouldn't at first I was distraught by it because I just you know it's seeing your grandfather on this table and then to understand it and it's a beautiful thing it's just it took me a while because I've seen what it's like for an American funeral with my other grandfather um my paternal grandfather and seeing him in a casket to seeing my my maternal grandfather on a table sorry I didn't mean to cut through but I could that's okay that's okay go ahead but yeah like it's it is you it is true like multiple cultures celebrate the life instead of mourning it and it's it is a beautiful thing yeah, and that's one of the things that she talks about. You know, she just gives all of this information, of, like I said, about your options and the fact that you know your death does not have to cost mm-hmm. as much as it does. Yeah. Um. You know, and and just leave me in the woods. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I'm gonna donate you to the body farm. Donate my body to science fiction. Okay. So if you're interested in checking her out, her um, YouTube channel is Ask a Mortician. She also has a Facebook page. Uh, just look up Order of the Good Death. Um, you can also find her on Twitter at The Good Death. And uh, it's, it's so interesting. It's kind of fitting with this time of year. And I just think that, you know, as somebody who's lost people uh very close to me um i really appreciate uh her approach to it and her her way of thinking and um you know just just trying to get other people to to view it differently and so yeah if you're interested i will also post uh links on our facebook page um if you're interested in checking her out she doesn't post videos super frequently like but she does you know, post uh, videos periodically. So, um, yeah, definitely check her out. So, <coughs> excuse me, before I die, we're going to get it ready to, uh, actually, we have to go get ready for Rock and Shock. Yes. So, I got to go and I got to do my hair and I got to go do my nails and Patrick has to go do his hair and he has to go do his nails. I have um, to poop as well. <laughs> Uh, and there we go so we hope that we will see 
all of your lovely faces at Rock and Shock this weekend. I believe we will be there all three days, partying it up. And uh, yeah, so we will see you there. So until next time, kids. See we will see you, see you next, next Thursday. Thursday.